0: Hello and welcome to whatever this show is going to be called. Um, my name is Rhodes. Uh, I'm joined by Brian Swanson. Hello. And Mikey Krieger.
1: That's me.
0: How are you guys doing today? What's new? Oh, huh?
1: Not a lot. Just you know, it's Saturday. We're having a good time. I've been watching a lot of uh, a lot of the Waypoint Twitch stream this weekend. Yeah. It's been fantastic. Me cool. too.
0: Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Brian, what about you?
2: Uh, not much. I am just coming off of some work travel. Um, my partner just asked me to also order them a, a bunch of parts for a new gaming PC. And so I'll be building a PC here in about a week.
0: That's really cool. And you get to build it yourself?
2: Yes, yes. I will build it for her. Um, she just sort of said, let's do it. And so... She will have a brand new Swank gaming PC pretty soon. Here,
0: does she already have a PC?
2: She's got a Razer Blade Pro.
0: Oh, okay. And that's kind of worked for a while until now.
2: You know, I think it's still working, but yeah, I think having a desktop allows for a different sort of uh, types of usage, I guess. And so she
0: she needs to be legitimate and hardcore.
2: Elite.
0: Elite. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So
1: <laughs>
2: very good computer building, as we've talked before a little bit
0: yeah um, PC
1: gaming. did uh did i
0: tell you guys that i threw up at a concert on monday
1: <laughs> uh you didn't tell me uh explicitly but i saw that on
0: you probably saw my tweet storm yeah. tweet storm
1: yes tweet yeah storm.
0: uh that's Talk how about it that's how i've been i was guys i bought tickets to see chance the rapper like in july as yeah. soon as they went on sale for seattle and I'm, i was I'm so excited am pretty sure
1: so we... I think we were either, like, recording our other podcast or just finished yeah. recording our other podcast. And you're like, fuck yeah, chance tickets.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. And then, um so I got, it turned into this whole thing where, like, we found out that other friends were going. So we had to, like, end up going with them, which was great to see them. But that meant that we had to, like, agree on a place to get dinner. We got nachos and, like, a hummus plate. And then we went to the concert, and I was, like, feeling fine for the opener and then chance made us wait for an like an hour before he got on stage which i love the dude but that's too long um and the entire time in the wamu theater i was feeling hot and sweaty people were smoking tobacco and weed all around me and uh i just looked to grace my partner and I, i had i just i had to go and i got outside got some fresh air and it wasn't helping and then i projectile vomited into a storm drain and then I felt immediately yes. better. So that uh it was a bummer. And then we left because I didn't really want to like go back inside and, you know.
2: Yeah.
0: But I could like hear my favorite verses and my favorite songs like as I was leaving. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it was just the worst. And then okay. the rest of the week wasn't that good. Just work-wise Aww. and everything. But I'm happy to be here. It's Saturday. I had a good breakfast this morning. So I'm I'm good. There we go. Good. Yeah. Um. What have you guys been playing? This is a video game podcast, by the way.
1: Yes, it is. We, uh, sh- Who's starting this? Is that me?
0: Can, Can be. Sure. It doesn't matter. Okay.
1: Um, so, I actually, just before we started recording and talking, uh, I've, I've been playing a lot of Battlefield 1. Uh. Okay. So, my personal history with Battlefield, I think I played Bad Company 2 for like half an hour, like whenever it came out. Uh, yeah. The first game I really played was Battlefield 2. And then I've touched minimally like every installment since. And I've just never really been into Battlefield. Like it always was more of a strategic shooter than it was like where Call of Duty would be more of an arcadey shooter. And I right. just, yeah, any kind of game that's more of like a simulation like uh, Madden over like NFL Blitz or Forza over Mario Kart, like I, typically lean towards the mark more arcadey games, but battlefield one really, I don't know what about it that like stuck out to me, but just something about tackling world war one in such a unique way. Cause n- nobody's really made any world war one games lately. And if they have, they've been yeah. like probably like strategy games, not you know right. definitely not first person shooters, yeah. but um, no, and uh, all of the reviews and all of the feedback from it, kind of like piqued my interest and I got it and I was actually like completely blown away yeah it's
0: interesting I remember reading takes as you do hot takes on twitter Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) some background stuff happening that's cool um that like people were a little bit more sensitive to the idea of a world war one shooter than they would be like a world war two or Mm -hmm. uh modern day probably just like, accentuated by the fact that there hasn't been one but also because it's one of the bloodiest wars in human history and it's like really really brutal so yeah but at the same time like there's nothing more or less brutal about a I don't know war is war to me like it's all kind of the, the same I don't know so I'm curious to hear how they handled some of those subject matters that people yeah. were cur- like upset about or sensitive about sensitive th- to rather I
2: think a big part of of it as well, and it's like coming from the his- histori historical
0: backgrounds oh yeah, history. everybody Brian is a history major, <laughs> yeah, so he's ooh. a smart boy
2: smart boy um I think coming from that you know when you think about World War one, you know, there isn't like a d day and like a massive like um memory, as far as I know that that like at least u s cultural history looks back on and says, "Oh, that was like the turning point or the big, cool battle." Um, mm-hmm. And so I think the idea, at least, what, let's say 10 years ago when World War II shooters were the ra- all the rage, um, you know, there wasn't really a way to market or sell trench warfare in an action-packed Call of Duty 1 and 2 kind of way, yeah, um, or Medal of Honor or whatever. And so uh, World War I felt pretty untouched. And I think it was that and the technological side of it as well, where... Um, you know there weren't very many tanks and things like that, um, but I'm just, as I'm sure we'll talk about in a few minutes, uh, Battlefield One it takes some creative ways of uh, <laughs> making that
0: possible. Hmm. But are are you enjoying it, Mikey?
1: Yeah. Me? Oh yeah. I. Yeah. Uh, so I finished the campaign last night and just started playing multiplayer this morning, and. Mm-hmm even though that's, like, the main draw for Battlefield and most first-person shooters, right. like, it's never really been my thing. And I still believe that that would hold up here, even though I'm having more fun than I usually would. Um, mm-hmm. Despite actually doing a lot worse online, I'm actually pretty fucking awful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I also don't know if we're going to swear on this podcast, but I already did it.
0: Oh, we can... I, I don't care. I like Sway. Okay. Yeah. It's
1: very voice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I... If we're going to get deeper into the conversation in a little bit later, then I can reserve some stuff for then. But, um, sure. Yeah. Especially the, uh, single player is quite fantastic. Cool. So, yeah. We can talk about it now. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, so are we going to tie that into what you've been playing then Rhodes?
0: Sure we can. Um, cool. the other, just real quick, I'll just intro it. Like I've been playing valiant hearts cause I was curious about other games that did world war one and Valiant Hearts is like a UB art game from 2014. It's got this really cool hand-drawn cartoony style um but it tries to tell a really serious World War 1 story about a group of not even necessarily soldiers they or just like people who are who are like drawn into the war um and how their lives intersect and like um how they survived the war. And what the d- it does really really well is like it worked the team worked with a historical society to give like accurate historical lessons throughout the game that you can just access by the press of a button. It's sort of like pulling up an encyclopedia about your location or the battle that you're at. Um,
1: Yeah. It's, it's almost a little bit uh, jarring how they do it because when you, whenever you pull up that menu, which I've also been playing Valiant Hearts because whenever we decided to talk about it, I wanted to dive into it since I've had it since 2014 and haven't touched it. But uh, right. Yeah. Like you, you pull it up and then there are these, you know, like everything around um, the images that they show is this this delightful, more, or mostly delightful. There's, you know, sometimes if you pull it up during a terrible upsetting scene, then it won't be adorable. But uh, you got this yeah. like cute aesthetic and then it just pulls up these horrific images of World War I. And directly below it, what was like really grating for me is that it's straight up the logos of these societies that they just like, like information and images brought by these mm-hmm. two. Like, so they, but I, I would still say that that's a positive for the game and not a negative because it's like I think so too. It, it, yeah, everything in this game is built around fact and we didn't try like creating a cool story and then like okay, now how can we weave what actually happened in World War 1 into this? Like um I,
0: I will say that like like it it the parts that I don't like about it are when it feels like it has to be more of a game. Exactly. Whereas like this would have felt really nice as a uh like one of those first person narrative exploration games like firewatch or or like gone home or something or something yeah. else, maybe even two D exploration. Like, it just like like, Braid Braid. Yeah, like if I yeah. every time I have to do a puzzle and backtrack and go like a whole Yeah. Do it's like really rudimentary, easy, but like time consuming padding stuff. And it um Yeah it's... it takes away from like the emotional weight that the, the game's trying to like play with.
1: Yeah, whenever you're stuck in a POW camp, it's like, all right, now I need to go. Uh, I need to go get these socks for this guy who's got a bad foot, and I need. Yes, to...
0: that's exactly what I was thinking of.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it's just kinda like, okay, it gets a little bit silly there, but, um, so a big piece of the game are these letters that people are writing, and they base this game off of real life letters from World War One, right? Like, I remember I think that. So. Like, I'm almost positive I remember that being a thing of this game before it came out. Like, oh yeah, they took real letters that they found from people who were, you know, in and around world war two in Europe or world war one. And they based the narrative of this game off of that. And, uh, yeah, the, the five characters and the one beautiful puppy that you are interacting with. Um, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, they're all intertangled and all of their narratives weave in and out. And it's, it's pretty remarkable. Like it's, Really emotional, while not having like any dialogue. Really, um, yeah. it does the kind of cutesy uh, noises instead of.
0: Dialogue. Yeah, they're all kind of grunting in their in their lang- like in yeah. their native language. Yeah, and you hear little bits of words, but it's not like written.
1: Yeah, and yeah, there's no like subtitles. There's no uh, mm-hmm. speech. It's just it's communicated through images. So like, if you like run into a guy that you need to get past, like. A text bubble will pop up and it'll be like that door with a big X in it if you can't get through that door yet.
0: Like yeah. things are communicated in that way. It's just yeah, I don't know. Like I like the game, but I don't know if I'm gonna finish it. I just kind of uh Yeah. I don't know. I, it just it's, feels it's... too much like the other thing that actually kinda of bugs me that I didn't realize until I started playing it more is that like the villain of the game that you're constantly chasing, because they actually did write in a villain. Mm. His name's like captain von baron or something yeah is uh it's like cartoonishly evil like he's one of those like mustache twirling like like evil laugh dudes that like constantly escapes your like every time you almost kill him yeah and and he's throwing
1: dynamite at you out of a zeppelin that you need to like throw back at him just
0: when you like i don't know when you're trying to tell a story about world war one or when you're making a game it just i don't know it didn't need to be too much of a game
2: Sounds a little tone deaf almost like you're talking about just human no. cost of war and you're being zapped by a, an evil zeppelin man
0: yeah like the so, game oozes with charm but i think sometimes it uh like it doesn't need to be as funny or yeah and there's like a dissonance there and not a good kind of dissonance um
1: but i, I will say though that yeah um on the other hand it actually does emotion and uh like these yeah. connections really well like the plot's actually like Really good. It's just like like Rose is saying. Like you wish that it were more of a like interactive quote interactive experience than a straight up game. Like take yeah. out all the really gamey yeah. stuff and just give us this really good story because it actually is a right. pretty good story and some of the puzzles are fun and uh, yeah it's yeah just, it's just, it just it, 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 yeah the, the game gets in the way of the story which is the draw. But of- I
0: think. I still think it's worth playing because it, it it's so unique. Like so if 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 you can afford it, it's probably pretty cheap right now. I yeah. got it on PS plus like months ago, so yeah. I'd go for it. But yeah. Um how does Battlefield One handle story in the campaign?
1: Huh? Do you wanna get that, Brian, or
2: uh yeah, it I mean it does cover World War One and in and a sort of a different way from I would, what it sounds like Valiant Hearts does is it focuses on the vignettes of, of certain soldiers and so um, I have only completed part of, of the campaign and so maybe you can speak more toward many of them but I did do the prologue where you play as like six or seven different people that, that eventually die because you're expected to die
1: yeah um, um, so it, it opens up in I was describing to my roommate kind of similar to uh, Modern Warfare 2 where it's like hey you're about to be in some shit like it's gonna get rough right here but in Call of Duty 2 they or Modern Warfare 2 they ask you like like you can opt out you can not participate um but in, in this it's like it opens up the prologue um where yeah you're uh bouncing around between different me- uh, members of the Harlem Hellfighters and uh it tells you like this is the front lines of World War 1 it was a you know i'm it's like a terrible disgusting place and i'm uh definitely not quoting that verbatim but they're like yeah like this is awful um a lot of people died like they expected this to be the war that ended all wars but it ended nothing like that's a line from it i was like fuck this is pretty heavy and then and then it closes with like you were not expected to survive and so then Mm
3: -hmm.
1: you're like facing endless uh waves of german troops that are just completely like overrunning you and you hop between i think it's like seven people like uh whenever you die it's it pops up the name and then the birth and death year, like on a tombstone, and then it hops you to the next character and so each time each time you die both between uh or between the, the entire campaign, it tells you like that person's name and how long they lived, and it just kind of adds hmm. a certain weight to it, and especially that first one where it's like oh yeah here you're on the front lines here you're in a tank and like each time you just get destroyed and wiped out and then it sends you to another person, and then it just kind of is like, just it really hones in on the bloodshed and, like, the true, like, human cost of that war. And this is just Hmm. like one fragment of one battle that took place in one of the many fronts of the war.
2: Yeah, and it tries to avoid what a lot of first-person shooter campaigns will do in that, since you're playing vignettes of different people doing different things throughout the timeline of the war you get less of that sense of okay i'm in a tank and now i'm in a plane and now i'm gonna single-handedly kill yeah. everyone mm-hmm. you know instead of while you are still doing that as a player you're doing it in different scenarios which yeah. feels a little more interesting a little more realistic like it's trying to tell you uh, a non-fiction story despite the fact that it is Self fiction to some extent
0: yeah and that sounds like the kind of key difference between it and other shooters is that like in i haven't played a modern call of duty in a while but like in other shooters that deal with um like realistic settings like you're one dude you might be just be one minor soldier but like you're the hero and you make it through point a to a to z the entire length of the game um without you know it just doesn't seem very realistic yeah. um But like the Battlefield 1 vignettes focus on different characters and their role in the war as opposed to uh, one, right? So it kind of lets it be a little bit more poignant. Does that sound right? Like each... Absolutely. Because like the stakes are actually real. Like if you make it to a certain point and die, like that's it. Like you're not going to be able to be that. Well, I mean, it's not like permadeath, but like at the end of that little character's arc, that's all you get of them. So like they can do more with their life or their that character because they don't have to stretch it out for 10 hours
1: oh absolutely Um, like probably all of the they're called war stories um there's six including the prologue uh all in all i'd say it probably takes eight to ten hours to beat all of them Mm -hmm. um so they're you know each two to three hour little vignettes which i think open like you think that they're going to open that up then to dlc where you know you, they can just instead of having to add a whole new campaign since the campaign was already these s- small chunks anyways, like, yeah, you know, you, all you need to do is another two to three hour campaign with like three or four chapters in it. Um,
2: yeah, it'd be cool if they added like an expansion with some new environment or type of combat or type of yeah. level and also dropped in a, like a, a nice little three hour campaign to
1: introduce you to whatever
2: new mechanic they add. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Um, And for me personally, if they did a proper uh, Harlem Hellfighters uh, war story, like, yeah, Yeah. I'd I'd drop money for that in a heartbeat because those are some of like, if World War One has any like small group or moment or defining thing, I think one of the most recognizable is the Harlem Hellfighters. Mm -hmm. And so like they they put them in there, uh, the guy on the cover is a Harlem Hellfighter, but to not have a full proper, like, you are the Harlem Hellfighters, it was a little disappointing. But, uh...
0: Yeah. Sure. But no, I think they, it's all bit confirmed for DLC, so... I mean, I hope
1: so. Uh, yeah. But each war story, like, they do a great job of actually, like, personifying, like, like fleshing out who these characters are. So, you know, the, the first one starts, you know, you're in the middle of a battlefield and you're kind of like, you're a pretty young kid, like, maybe at like 20... And you're just in the mm-hmm. middle of this in you know, this mayhem and this bloodshed, and you're just kind of like taken aback and everything's just like coming at you hard. And and I think one of the best like this game is one of the best looking games I've probably ever played. Oh, and really. uh
0: that dice engine. Or yeah. frostbite, whatever it's called.
1: Well, and specifically with people, because I was talking with my roommate while I was playing it last night, and like the actual faces look really good. Like the uncanny valley problem that like it's you know we kind of come to terms with like was actually like awesome like the faces yeah. look, look great yeah. they look natural um and mm-hmm. so it goes a long way towards getting you attached to these people and you definitely do like um the what was it the australian one i think where like you're this like kind of older dude in this uh young Australian kid, like you're like known for like being this badass war hero. And like, he fakes his, uh, like enlistment information. He's actually like 16 or whatever, but he wants to like be in your little crew. And so like he forms in like a two to three hour span forms this like attachment to this little kid. And like, it really hits you whenever, you know, events unfold and things don't go well. And, and most of these things don't really go well. And and that's yeah. another huge thing that this does really well is that instead of like glamorizing like the war heroes and all these things, like it tells like these brutally honest stories about, you know, what what's going on and it doesn't really uh it doesn't get really graphic but it also doesn't really sugarcoat
0: it in any way. Sure.
1: Um but
0: huh. yeah, I, I Sounds I, cool. I wanna I I haven't played it but I really I do want to try it. Yeah Maybe uh, rent it.
1: Yeah, I, I would Gameplay. say com. Yeah. Uh if you don't like the multiplayer, like just in general mm-hmm. those kinds of games, um yeah, just rent it for the campaign because the campaign, uh I was talking to one of my friends about it, I think is probably the best war like game campaign, yeah. if that makes any sense where uh I think so. Like for not just for like first person shooters because that opens it up to a whole other thing, but uh yeah, for like war shooters. I would say that Battlefield One is easily the best campaign that I've played. Like it, cool. it, it really is fantastic.
0: Brian, yeah, tell me about WoW just real quick if you can.
2: Wow, yeah. Um, so I play an Outlaw Rogue, which is a new class uh, started this with this new expansion uh, Legion, uh, and it's sort of a re- reworking of one of the specializations that Rogues previously had called Combat. And so I'm a pirate. I'm a swashbuckling, uh, sword-slashing damage class. And so huh. I've been having a lot of fun with it lately. Uh, I raid with a guild called Time's New Ramen, uh, and they're primarily people that I've <laughs> known from high school.
0: <laughs> that's a very good name. Yeah,
2: yeah. And so <laughs> we, uh, we focus on raid progression. We're currently doing the heroic Emerald Nightmare raid that's out right now.
0: So WoW is like destiny, right?
2: Kind of. Um, <laughs> I think WoW and Destiny are, like, both share that sort of MMO um, yeah. tagline, and both also are trying to learn as much as they can from the success of Diablo 3.
0: Ah, which I okay. think
2: is very interesting. I think it would actually be very interesting for me to play a little bit of Destiny and then compare the two at some point in the future here, um, because I've been playing WoW. Um, sort of on and then off and then back on for the past oh man don't make me say like eight years
0: (laughs) eight years though no more it's pretty cool it's cool that a game like that has been around for so long and people still play it
2: (laughs) yeah i mean back in the day it felt more like uh an adventure game where i'm exploring the world and now it almost feels like a number crunching game and i don't know if i've become more of an adult and appreciate those kind of things or if i'm just hooked into it and i can't Mm -hmm. help it but there's a lot of number crunching these days.
0: Interesting. Do you have spreadsheets for your, your builds? I don't,
2: but I go okay. onto a lot of websites and do a lot of stat stuff. Try so. to
0: min-max everything. Huh. I wish I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, I just want to say that inside, I don't really want to say anything about it. It's the follow-up to Limbo. Um, is it Playdead? Or is that the studio? I think so. That makes um, That game is really special and really cool. And I like it. And then XCOM 2 on consoles came out a couple weeks ago. And uh, some of the best controller, like gamepad controls for a strategy game comes from the XCOM games. And feels really good. It's hard as hell. And I like it. So yeah.
2: I remember it. talking with you when it first got announced. And they were like, PC only. Like, yeah. that's it. And you yeah. were pretty bummed.
0: I was really bummed because they, they last time they said, I think it came out simultaneously with PC and console with XCOM 1 in 2012. Um, yeah, which, of course, yeah. is a remake of the original XCOM. I don't really feel like I have to explain that. But um, with this one, they announced it and they were like, PC only, no plans for console. And of course, like Twitter was all like, it's coming to console, don't worry. But there were, it felt yeah. weird not having an announcement, like a confirmed mm-hmm. announcement. Um, and I considered getting a PC or something that could handle it. Uh, just because I love, like, XCOM might be my favorite game of all time. Um, so when I when I saw it come to console, I, I knew I couldn't just not get it. So, yeah. Uh, which kind of segues nicely into a uh, a budgeting conversation that Mikey wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah. Um, I recently had just uh, I was planning out my what I'm gonna get this holiday season. And mm-hmm. I knew, uh, I was getting Battlefield 1 and I was planning on getting Skyrim, but I wanted to talk about like how now that we have less time, we have less disposable income because I remember, you know, when I was 20 and I, you know, my rent was a lot cheaper and I just had school and less things to do. I could just, just like, oh yeah, I'll go buy this and I'll go buy that. And so I've kind of been the past few years, like each year I'm like, okay it's holiday season. What am I getting? I have like two or three things that I'm like definitely getting and try to budget for that. So I was kind of posing it at you guys. Like what mm-hmm. are you guys going to be getting? And for me? Yeah. Like I said, it was battlefield one. Uh-huh. I was planning on getting Skyrim and Pokemon was the other game that I was kind of budgeting myself for You know, if something comes out and it totally blows everyone away and changes everything, uh, as the community wants to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I might pick up something start... else.
2: But... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should start with what consoles we all have and play on.
0: Yeah. Um, I primarily game on PS4. I have a Wii U, but there's nothing coming to Wii U. Uh, and I have a, I have a Vita and a MacBook that is five years old. So uh, Paper Mario just came much... out.
1: You pick that
0: up. Oh, yeah. Is that on Wii U? Yep. Yeah. Dan Reichert on Giant Bomb really didn't like that game.
1: Well, um, Dan Reichert doesn't like breakfast food, so... <laughs> that's true. So can you really Ooh. trust his judgment?
0: No, but it was more... He had good reasons. He said it's really funny, but the combat sucks. <laughs> so yeah, that's what, I, that's what I play on.
2: I have a soft spot in my heart for the original Paper Mario.
0: Yeah.
1: I do for all of them. I uh, didn't play Sticker Star, but all the other ones I adore. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I... I...
3: What?
2: Oh, I primarily play on uh, PC. I have a brand new gaming PC with a, a brand new graphics card and all that stuff. Um, and an Xbox One. Um, I do have a PlayStation 3, uh, but I don't really play on it too much. <laughs> but yeah. that's sort of my my Sony right now. And yeah. a, a 3DS. But I think with the same, I'm not, or with with the with the Wii U, I'm not super invested in anything that might come to it. except yeah. Maybe Pokemon.
1: Um, I primarily play these days on PS4. Uh, I have an Xbox one that, uh, is basically just my Netflix box. Um, mm-hmm. I have my Wii U that I play occasionally. Um, and then my 3DS, I also play a lot,
0: but, uh, all right. Um, yeah. so I'm just, I'm looking at, I have like all the upcoming releases saved on a Google calendar, mm-hmm. um, so I'm just what? gonna go through from yeah, it's a cool thing. I'll I'll share with you later. I used to uh, do that too. I, uh, so I'm not gonna list every single one, but I'm just gonna go through some of the bigger ones. I think. Uh, so I completely forgot that the Last Guardians coming out on the December oh, yeah. six. <laughs> Me too. I'm gonna and work my way backwards. Yeah, Last Guardian December six, along with Dead Rising four. I don't think any of us are super interested in that game. Not um, really. No. There's. Uh, is Super Mario Maker 3DS coming out this year?
1: I, I don't think so. I think... Uh, okay. It, Isn't that like... Well, okay. So I'm pretty sure that... Pokemon no, yeah, it is. On...
0: December is 2nd. It? Yeah.
1: Wow. Um, that's um, another yeah, game g- that's... Oh,
2: I'm sorry.
0: It, it no,
2: started off super interesting and then they started gutting features from it. it yeah. yeah right? like, what?
1: What? <laughs> no, yeah, the, uh, the Wii version was fantastic.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm going to keep going. Um, Watch Dogs 2, which I, mm-hmm. I forgot about. Uh, Final Fantasy 15.
1: So yeah, uh, Watch Dogs 2 actually replaced Skyrim on my list for me.
0: Okay. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, you went from
1: the like the guaranteed
2: like yeah, Skyrim was originally very good, and I, at least in my opinion, to the
1: maybe like will Watch Dogs 2 be good? Sounds really good. Like um, it. yeah, and I can get into this once Rhodes gets through the last here, but sure.
0: Uh, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Um.
1: Is it Sonic Mania or the Mania? Fire and
0: Ice? Uh, Sonic Mania. I think that's coming out. Um, okay. Sonic Mania I'm yeah. excited for. So there's, of course, Poke- Pokemon. Yes. Um, there's Eagle Flight VR. I don't know why I included that one. <laughs> I think Walking Dead Season 3 all, comes out, which I'm sure i All the big I'll AAA get. games. Yeah. Uh, sorry. This list is, includes like everything, including DLC, so I have to cycle yeah. through it sometimes. Dark Souls DLC uh, just came 2. out. Just Dishonored, Dishonored 2. 2. Um, uh, Infinite Warfare, uh, yeah. Waluigi Amiibo, <laughs> <laughs> and I think Titanfall just came out. So I think yeah. that's as far back as I'll go. Um, yeah, two right now. Yep, that sounds right. Yeah, so maybe em. I'll start. I think... I have to be honest. I'm not like super excited about most of these games coming out. Like, I like Dishonored a lot, but I feel like it, I run into this problem... With Dishonored, that I, the same problem that I do with, like, Deus Ex and Hitman and other stealth games, where even if they encourage sort of reckless behavior, I never feel like I'm playing it the right way. And mm-hmm. I think that they don't do enough to make it okay to not be, like, the cool, stealthy, no-kill guy. Um, I just feel like I'm playing it wrong. I feel like I'm, like, uh, busting my head against a wall until it works or, like, kind of, I don't know. It's just not... I like it, and I I think it's super cool, but I don't think I'm going to get Dishonored 2, even though I liked playing the first one.
1: Yeah, I didn't touch Dishonored until the Definitive Edition came out on PS4, and by that time, it felt really dated. Yeah. Like, it wasn't that old, but it felt like it was at least, like, seven years old. Like, I I got to it. It didn't look great, and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I just couldn't get into it. I played for maybe like three hours, and I was just like, I, I couldn't care less if I finish this or not. So
2: it's
0: too bad.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Go ahead.
2: I think I I lived in like a hole when it was when it first came out, and so I didn't even know it existed until like probably two years ago or something. Hmm. Um, And so I picked up the definitive edition when it was on sale after two was announced. But that's another one. I'm also sort of with you on. I just like insert my morals into a game. And yeah. I'm like, do I not want to, or do I want to like kill anyone? Probably not. And it just sort of feels like, but I have this really cool sword, or I have in Deus Ex this really awesome machine yeah. gun with an infinite amount of ammo, or a tranquilizer gun that I have to be right, right behind them to use. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to feel bad about it, but it is just a video game. But I also feel like he wouldn't kill anyone. Yeah. So. Well, that's yeah. part
1: of the reason why I haven't finished Fallout 4 because you need to choose sides at the end.
3: Mm. It's
1: oh, like, oh, yeah. I need to either chase... Choose to save all the sins, or choose to not betray my son. And it's like, right? I I, I don't want to do either. I, I love my my father, son, and I love all these sins. <laughs> I just want them all to live in peace and stop being dicks.
0: Yeah. Fair point. Um, um so the, I never. So I, I guess when I'm thinking about budgeting, like I think I can probably afford to buy like two more games and just and feel comfortable with it. Yeah. before the end of the year and i'm sure i'll get something for christmas or unless i just go a a atypical of my character and ask for a not video game for christmas <laughs> um but i think for me it'd be titanfall 2 and Watch Dogs 2 because Dog 2 looks like really freaking cool and yeah I, 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 i've never played the first one and i know you don't need Same. to and that's kind of yeah. appealing
1: uh have you watched many videos of it
0: no because i kind of just want to be surprised but i know i've been hearing about it a lot you know
1: yeah, so um, I went and watched a bunch. So, And I, I pushed out Skyrim from my list before I mm-hmm. decided on Watch Dogs 2. Uh, what actually put me over the edge for uh, Skyrim was <laughs> seeing it on a Nintendo Switch. And I definitely want to play it, like, laying down in my bed and just, like, kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. half paying yeah. attention to it. Like, I, I don't want to be, like, sitting around playing Skyrim, like, this is everything, like, that I'm focusing on right now. Like, I, I want to, like... Listen to music or a podcast and just kind of sit there and get lost in in that yeah. game. I don't want to mm-hmm. have to you know take away the the TV for six <laughs> hours at a time while I you know get deep into Skyrim. So, right. like, yeah, whenever I found out that I'd be able to play it on a Switch, which I am uh, a hardcore Nintendo fan slash apologist, so I will be getting Switch day one and Skyrim <laughs> whenever it's available. Uh, but yeah. But th- so then that actually like what made me think about it is like okay, now I have a hole in my uh in my budget for me to get a, a new game. And so then kind of looking around uh my roommates picking up Final Fantasy 15 and yeah, like dishonored uh I'm not super interested in um like I would like to play Call of Duty and Titanfall, but I've got my first person shooter for the mm-hmm. holiday season with Battlefield, so I don't want to drop $120 on I I know it's very reductive, but similar games. Um, right. So yeah, that opened up that hole for me and I watched some, uh, watchdogs two v vi- video and like, there's actually a really likable protagonist. It's kind of got this like sunset overdrive anarchist vibe to it.
0: Yeah. Like, it looks yeah. Super cool.
1: Like, yeah, it's, it's like anonymous meets sunset overdrive and that's pretty fucking Cool. Um, Meets
0: GTA, of course, because of the whole open world. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. a good comparison. Yeah,
1: yeah, and so I saw these videos, and I like the protagonist is interesting, the world's interesting, the music was awesome. Um, it has a pretty unique aesthetic, and you know, I haven't played a an open world like a modern open world game since GTA five. Like, I played The Witcher and Fallout, but like for a game it's, of that, that like sandbox mentality, like yeah, I haven't. It's a little different yeah i haven't played anything since what was that like 2011
0: uh it was like 2012 or 13 yeah yeah, it's been a while so
1: yeah and it looks fantastic like it's Mm -hmm. you know like everyone said that you know oh yeah the first one's a little rough like assassin's creed we'll see how the second one goes and so Mm -hmm. far it's totally eased me on any concerns excuse me um And especially with the uh, Bethesda news lately, you need to be careful about pre-ordering things, but I feel confident that I'm going to really enjoy Watch Dogs 2. Yeah, for sure. I have actually pre-ordered. Yeah.
0: Cool.
2: So are you at all concerned that, um, I think think I've sort of seen a sentiment of this, or maybe I'm just projecting from my own self, but this past summer when the Suicide Squad came out and one of the big concerns about it was that ah. it at the end was felt very overproduced and very like aimed for the kids. And like, are you at all concerned that Watch Dogs might or Watch Dogs 2 might feel similar in, in ways where what we have, we have like a very um, electronic soundtrack going on behind it and the like uh, dead sec kind of like I don't know, in some your of face
0: it, edgy Edgy boy, yeah, yeah. I don't know.
2: I I think that it looks super cool, but tell me a little bit more about your impressions of the the videos.
1: Yeah, so it definitely has that kind of like really in your face mentality, but I feel like it's pretty tongue in cheek and self aware in the way that Sunset Overdrive was, which is why I keep drawing the comparison. Um, But yeah, and actually the music for me wasn't electronic that did it. Like they were just driving around and like the radio station was playing some like like through like a lot of like really good hip hop. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. Like, cool. like th- that was one of my favorite things. Like there are a handful of songs, um, like Kendrick Lamar and uh, ASAP, that were on GTA Five. That, like I hear, and even though I've listened to it a million times outside of the context of GTA, like it just draws me right back into it, and I feel like I could get lost in that. Mm-hmm. In in, a, in Watch Dogs, and a big hook for me was watching people play co op, and it feels like a Um, a little bit scaled back version of GTA online. Like just that, that kind of like fun, like mayhem with a friend. Yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm really excited about the co-op, uh, like the premise intrigued me from Watch Dogs, but you know, it kind of like, was like waiting to see and you know, everyone's like, Oh yeah. Like the big problem is the character and he's uninteresting. The plot's boring. And now, hold on,
0: wait a second. You didn't. Res- like his iconic hat didn't resonate with you.
1: Uh, so I, I dug the scarf a little bit, <laughs> but the, the, the hat okay. was left a little bit to be desired. Um, I saw a guy dressed
0: like...
2: up as him at Pax, and he just walked around with the thing up over his yeah. face the whole time. And I kept checking my phone to see if I was getting hacked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, I totally was like in the dark on Watch Dogs two until like two or three weeks ago. Like, I was uninterested like cool. by almost every metric and. Like, I didn't realize that the protagonist was black. And, like, oh. it's... Yeah. And, like, it's not, like, a caricature. It's not... Like, from all the cutscenes I watch, it's, you know... it's handles it in just a way that's like, yeah, like, th- that's the character. And, like, between yeah. that, that and Mafia this year, like, seeing some diversity in these AAA games protagonists, like, that's awesome. And it's pretty... And at, at the it's... very least, like, putting my money towards that is, like yeah a vote in that and like yeah i want more of these characters so yeah that kind of is my justification for putting money down on it before news of it because at the very least i want to like you know like like people say like you know vote with your wallet like i'm voting for yeah. more games like this
0: by well trying to support it and also like it's kind of like the zaniest wackiest triple a game that i'll find which you know and i feel like voting with your wallet like you're saying or like Supporting that financially means that we might get, like, more crazy ideas. Even, like, it's personality even extends outside of the game itself when they're, like, tweeting at Martin Shkreli for being, basically. And I don't know. It's just so funny. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I I don't know if I was talking uh, to you or some other people about it, but, like, when was the last AAA game that was, like, lighthearted and fun that didn't come from Nintendo? Like, Yeah, Overwatch. I mean,
0: Overwatch probably being the Um, primary one, but
1: but otherwise, it's it's you know, it's Call of Duty. It's uh, like Mafia's pretty heavy. Assassin's Creed. Like, there's just not enough of these
0: Dark Souls. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) and and I love
1: those games. Like, Dark Souls Three is probably my favorite game this uh, from this year so far. So, yeah, yeah, like, but to get a game like this, like, usually indies have to fill that role and to see, you know. Ubisoft being like, yeah, let's go fucking crazy with this. Because, you know, even like uh, Far Cry 3 had Blood Dragon, but 4 had Primal. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, which was like pretty, like it, it definitely wasn't like a funny game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I wouldn't say super <laughs> duper serious, but yeah, like being able to get a big triple A game that's actually like fun and lighthearted and that I can actually just run around in and feel you know happy about like I, I can't do that in battlefield i love battlefield but that game's grim right <laughs> so um yeah
3: yeah
0: brian what are you getting
2: this this holiday season so i'm still thinking watchdogs i mean i was really turned on by the uh e3 presentation where the guy came on stage and said we're gonna do this entire mission non-lethal right now yeah and so i thought that was super cool yeah uh, i haven't followed a lot of The videos since then, but I will Mm -hmm. I'm with you that Ubisoft actually does a really awesome job with the soundtracks and a lot of their games I was playing a little bit of the original Watch Dogs a couple months ago, and all the music on there is really good, like, it's super Mm -hmm. cool so I'm excited for it, I want to see how they handle certain issues, I know journalists, a lot of the the game journalists that live in San Francisco um, Arthur Geese being the, the big one are a little um Mentioned their sort of um, interest in how it might tackle national issues that that do sort of have a presence in San Francisco, with that being its setting, like things like Black Lives Matter and other right. things like that. And so I'd be really curious to see how they do that. And
1: um, well, yeah, especially they're... if they're gonna go after Martin Shkreli and have a black protagonist, do you think that they're gonna, yeah, yeah, at, at the very least, um, touch on it? Like, and it does really have kind of like a punk rock attitude, so.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think uh, uh, I think they they said that he, the main character, might be from Oakland, and you yes, mentioned yeah. Arthur. I think he lives in Oakland, and he's right. tweeted before saying things like, you know, uh, the youth today are actually dressing like the main character, and like yeah. they're talking like the main character, and oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, I think they're trying to get it right, and that's totally kind of promising. Right. So
1: yeah, um, I would say go watch uh Nick Robinson's videos. He's doing at Polygon. He put up a few of yeah. Watchdogs, and it. Like I was cool. so in the dark on that game, and I was mm-hmm. sold so quickly. Like that, it it looks funny, smart. Um, yeah, th- you know, this is their second game that they've had a chance to refine all the mechanics for, and mm-hmm. you know, and people were largely fine with the mechanics in the first one. So just to get them better, and you know, seemingly it, it addressed the like the world and the narrative in a better way than they handled the first game, like. Yeah, that sounds awesome.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and you're looking at someone like Nick Robinson, who is an outspoken uh, critic and hater of the original one, uh, which is very funny, and now is also super on board with the second one. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Ubisoft is an interesting company. They are an interesting company. One of the most interesting AAA
1: developers, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, Um, i I definitely say it at, at most... Yeah, they're they're interesting. They they do a lot of weird stuff between ether, yeah. like their presentation, yeah, presentations and their games and how they handle. Uh, they're
0: just a wacky French company. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Sometimes I think that they'll just go so full on with iterations of things, mm-hmm. and then you'll see the the shift where all of a sudden they realize the iterations aren't working. Right. Now. I think we're in the middle of that because yeah.
0: they had that whole like all of last year was us talking about how every open world game feels the same from them. Like yes. everything was formulaic and the same. And now I think that they're starting to realize that, Oh shoot, we relied too heavily on radio towers and, and, and all these other and you know, those little things and outposts and yeah, I think everything that
1: Far Cry 3 did. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's my biggest so,
2: reservation with watchdogs is if, if the reviews sort of speak toward this, like uh, Ubisoft formula again, I'll yeah. probably hold off, but sure. they're going to, do some really good innovating with it. I'm I'm really on board, and mm-hmm. I'm also super interested in whatever Assassin's Creed they spit out next year because we haven't seen them take a take a year off in a while. So
3: yeah, a
2: little off yeah. topic, but with uh, this fall, I think I'm on board with Dishonored 2 About it not being something that I'm very interested in, um, I think Pokemon is probably something that I'd be more likely to get, especially if um, I have friends who are going to be picking it up as well. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's gonna it's gonna be a big part of what will sway me that and maybe even final fantasy 15 depending on um certain um other folks because i believe that's going to have a co-op element to it
0: interesting uh
2: yeah the the final dlc is gonna be co-op the final dlc not the whole game yeah
3: okay yeah so that
2: might change that a little bit then but uh i have not really been into final fantasy very much um 13 broke my
0: heart it did yeah (laughs) I, i was i was well, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, <laughs>
1: I, I didn't love it, but yeah, I, th- I think it gets a bad rap.
0: I think so too, and I probably would enjoy it if I didn't have like the highest expectations going yeah. in.
1: Yeah. Oh um, be, be, well, that's not necessarily your fault. They built that up, right? To they be like, hype. yeah, to like almost like reboot Final Fantasy. Yeah. I I mean, Final Fantasy 14 or uh, 15 is was supposed to be part of Final Fantasy. 15. Oh, I know. Yeah. And look how long it took them to make it, like. Yeah, like they were so ambitious with what 13 was going to be and they just hyped it to no end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like with 13 I hated that it was linear and then when you got to the open world part, I hated that it was open world and I wanted to go back to that like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah.
0: I stopped playing as soon as it opened up and I was like, fuck this. I can't. So fuck, I don't know what to the, do now. I have the, no idea The what worst to do.
1: part? Yeah, well, they didn't give you any direction They're like, all right, now you're on Grand Pulse and yeah. you're going to spend 25 hours here grinding. Uh, right. but the worst thought part that. was that they had the paradigm system which I thought was awesome the combat system yeah. that they put in that game where people hop between uh, I think it was three classes initially yep. where it's like yeah each character has three different classes and then you mix and match and they can hop between them mid combat and then at that point where they dropping into the open world like two thirds of the way through the game they just open it up and like okay now anybody can be any class and it's like what the fuck was the point of me like you know, min maxing all, all that these time. Characters. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so, like, they just threw out their combat system, like, two thirds of the way through the game. It's like, well, fuck. Like, I, all the investment that I had put into, like, the different skill trees and the paradigms that they all mm-hmm. had, and, like, yeah, just was negated in that moment. And it's like, all right. I watched my roommate play the rest of it and never touched it again. But I, I still think it was fine.
0: Yeah. So does um, that.
2: Is that work? Is that, is that true for both Final Fantasy 13 and then wasn't there a thirteen two? There's also a 13 yeah. three, Lightning Returns. 13, three.
0: Yeah. Uh, I haven't played. I haven't. I know that people who like those games like those games, but I haven't yeah. heard anything. Um, so I have a
2: friend. Yeah. Who's super in love with the series, and I think he's purchased the um, the remake of 10 like three times, and I could <laughs> see him being interested in it. So. Yeah. Um, if there's a way for me to play with him, I think I would really enjoy it. But out of that, ma- other than that, maybe not. I mean not mm-hmm. buy it then.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I've been uh, really up and down on Fifteen. Like, I get really excited, like, oh my gosh, this is so pretty and does a lot of really cool stuff. And then um, I watch like an extended playthrough and like between everything, like between like all the combat and like the big story moments, like the downtime seems really weird. Like the story seems mm-hmm. so big and vast, and then they try making the in-between just, like, really goofy and, like... Like, Japanese RPGs tend to do, like, just, like... I kind of like that, though. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like I would enjoy those more. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I just hate going back and forth between the two. Like, I like them each separately. And if I had to choose one, I'd probably go that, like, lighthearted goofy. Like, especially, like, when Final Fantasy does it. They do it great. But, like, you go from, like, fighting a, like, 200-foot Titan with a normal size sword and like, like he punches you and then you like block his punch with your sword. And it's just Mm. like really fucking absurd and over the top and melodramatic. And then you just go into this little like goofy chibi world and it's, it's a little jarring. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I, I get the feeling that I'm not going to enjoy it that much, which is unfortunate.
0: Well, we've been going for a little while. Is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about before maybe we start wrapping up? What are you gonna um, buy? Well, what am I gonna buy? I think I yeah. mentioned Titanfall two and Watch Dogs two, but I'm. It's probably just gonna be Titanfall two. I don't know if I can like justify more. Yeah.
1: Now I've got uh, uh got Battlefield, getting Watch Dogs and Pokemon, and then uh, I need to save up for a Switch in March. So
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, and I got Battlefield and I
1: probably Pokemon. That might be it. Hmm. Yeah, well cool. um Rhodes, we can play watchdogs. Um we can all play Pokemon. Uh,
0: I don't have a three DS.
1: Oh that's yeah. Uh, um, I probably I won't get, get one program. now that the
0: switch has been announced. I, I mean uh, the two DS is like super cheap, so I might but
1: so, um. oh, and we could uh we could do a whole another podcast on this, but I really don't think that the three DS is getting replaced anytime soon.
0: I have a different opinion, so, um, yep. yeah, we can talk about that some other time. Yeah.
1: Sounds good.
0: Yeah. Uh, real quick, the Waypoint launch is very good, and it's a good website. Yeah. So,
1: I think you yeah. should Yeah, like, good for those guys. Watch like their stream. I, yeah, I tweeted that, you know, it's really nice seeing everybody kind of, like, in a consensus, like, yeah, let's enjoy this. Like, let's be nice mm-hmm. about this. Like, good people are, you know, launching a brand new thing, and, every, like, the gaming community especially at games media have been like very supportive and like outspokenly so and it's been really refreshing and yeah yeah, that's the best part yeah like austin walker and patrick klepek like that that team is so talented Mm -hmm. and just to have like a new voice like i don't think that that's ever a problem yeah you know having more outlets to choose from and you know more insights
0: out in the wild just seeing like the rise of Austin as a writer and personality oh, yeah. has been amazing. Like just two years ago, he was just a freelancer and mm. he'd like write these killer reviews of like, of, of games and all these great pieces. And then he just went to giant bomb to Vice, and it's like, he, no, I don't think anyone in, in games media deserves it more. I think he's like, yeah, like the dude. And no, uh, I, 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 I didn't, like, I agree. It's nice that like there's unanimous support Yeah. and happiness. So like,
1: I, I didn't realize until like this past week that, I thought Pat Patrick was the EIC for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, it's Austin. Like that's fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. and seeing him on the stream, like he seems like the exact person for that job. And yeah. the job that they're doing so far has been awesome. There are a few pieces they have up are great. Their live stream has been really good. So yeah, yeah that's a good thing that's happening for, I think for the community.
0: For um, sure. Um, yeah, so, Okay, now we have a segment called Hot Takes.
1: Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot to get one of these. <laughs> uh,
0: I've got one. I'll start. And I think I'm Beautiful. not going to expound on it very much. Yeah. Um, Red Dead Redemption isn't a good game. Ooh. Um, yeah,
2: I think for these we looking to do either gaming or non-gaming related. And so my hot take after doing some chores this morning mm-hmm. is basically... If you walk out of a grocery store diagonally through a parking lot, you are part of the problem.
0: Okay. I like that <laughs> one. I
1: agree. Um, I really don't think Doctor Strange is going to be good, and it it oh, breaks my oh. heart.
0: Can I rescind mine and just come up with a new one? Sure. You're going to okay. have to
2: explain it later Later, then.
0: Okay. Um. I don't think Marvel movies are very good anymore. Just in general, most of them. Hmm. I, I'm very bored with Marvel movies, so. So there. We should talk about. Uh, about uh, yeah, we I think we're putting them out there and leaving them. I think we're putting them out day. there and leaving them. I think we should put them out there and leave them, and then maybe maybe okay. the opening segment of each game is, or podcast is maybe touching base. I don't yeah. know. Like, I think a caveat uh,
2: could be we could re explore these hot takes in the future.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'd be down for that because. Yeah, like I, not entirely antagonistically, like could talk about that. Like, yeah, I just rewatched really <laughs> Civil War and, and I got distracted easily.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's going to do it for episode one of whatever this show is called. They don't know what they're talking about. It's called fans of the genre. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can so find awesome, me man. on Twitter at Rhodes Clark R H O A D E S C L A R K.
2: Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Brian T. Swanson. B-R-A-N-T-S-W-A-N-S-O-N.
0: Like the chicken stock. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Mikey's audio ends here, but you can find him on Twitter at M-I-K-E-Y-K-R-I-E-G-E-R. He says goodbye and thanks for listening. Cool. Thanks for listening. Bye, wow.